Hey, this is Russell, and I'm pretty sure I have the greatest job in the world. I work at the video store, the one that is just down the road from you that you can go to once a week whenever it is movie night. I love this job because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series and talk about them with my friends that work here. Interesting people also pop in to rent something every day. Each week, we can help you figure out what you could be watching on streaming platforms and out in cinemas here in South Africa. All right, let's open up the shop. Hey guys. Hello. Morning. Top of the morning yeah, to a, both of you. Good morning. Where's my coffee? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, start of the day, we are going to pack the shelves and uh, have a quick little chat about uh, what's going on, what's happening today. Um, first up, uh, we are going to get a visit from Shannon Ezra. Do you know who Shannon Ezra is? Yes. yes. You will recognize her instantly if you don't. She. Uh, is most famous for a bunch of roles across the years on South African television, like mm. Isidingo and many others, but most famously um, Lioness, which yes. is on DSTV and season two is currently out and it is very good. Very, very good. Have you watched any of Lioness? No. It, ge it gets you like instantly. It's a smart kind of thriller intrigue um, there's, there's a lot to it, and her acting is just incredible. So uh, Shannon Ezra will pop in. She is also in uh, Do Your Worst, which is the great first film that Samantha Nell made. And yes. we had Samantha Nell on the show. Right. Uh, the which, Netflix film, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah which, fun fact, is our most popular episode. Oh, and I, we I'm really nice. much have Sam and her fans to thank for that. Um, but a lot of... Uh, a lot of trailers have come out there's a full new barbie trailer yeah i just came out yesterday which is exciting there's right. a new mission impossible trailer yep um so we can get into it um i am loving queer eye yeah <laughs> like i'm so happy for you it's bitten and it's bitten hard yes. oh, it's so and wonderful. i just think it is one of the most magical formulas it's it's great it and they because it's it's all about how different each individual story is and how different people's problems are, right? Yeah, so it obviously started as Queer Eye for the Straight Guy and that was the point many years ago to to help um, straight males. But it's obviously so much more now, so that's mm. obviously why, I don't know when in its seven seasons it just became Queer Eye because it's like women... It's maybe a group of people. There was one episode. We're now going back because I came in in season seven now. Oh, so now, now I'm excited back. of the fact that I've got like seven <laughs> six more, seasons. six seasons like now to um, devour. One of them was like a high school prom committee. Did you watch oh, that one? Yes, I did. So sweet. Was that the one in, in uh, Nashville? Uh, they are in Austin, Texas. I see. I suck around American yeah. states and cities. Yeah. I got this wrong last week as well. <laughs> I just like Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, yeah. New Orleans, yeah. all the same to me. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's just such a fantastic formula. That's wonderful. Um, and it just—I I find what's interesting is that obviously over the course, 
there's two things I wanted to mention, which I think you'd appreciate. Mm. The one is when you do film and especially documentary, you as the filmmaker or the people involved obsess over your characters. Like you love them because right. you eat, sleep, think them for, for ages. And it's amazing how much you come to love your subjects. You, you right. deeply care. Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember this feeling? And you want to give them everything and you want to help them. And then there's this crazy moment where you have to move on and you sort of just forget about them. But like you obsess over them. And I think what's interesting about this formula and why it works so well is that it's over the course of a week. Right. So in a week's time, you genuinely care. You genuinely yeah. have the chance to really care for your subjects as opposed to just a day. Mm. And I think that's what makes it really special. And the other thing which I thought to point out is the show often is about converting someone. They come in it's like... It's the gay agenda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, the point of the show is like, you know, maybe he's a bit set in his ways, hasn't yeah. looked after himself, hasn't given himself Have you seen care the or love. Or, episode? Yeah, that guy. Yes. So like that dude, for example. Like his wife a, passed away and he owns a crawfish restaurant. Right. And he just has let himself go. He's like, hasn't really looked he's after let the, the restaurant. Yeah, he's let the restaurant uh, go. Okay. And still cooks great crawfish, um, like gumbo, I mm, think is yeah. what he makes yeah. or something. But then yeah. they come in and they say they have to like show him how to move on. Yeah. Right. It's like still honor his hair. wife's legacy, yeah. but also this is what she would want. Yes. You know. Yeah. And then like, there's the moment where they re <laughs> talking about it. They're like going <laughs> to the restaurants and they redo the restaurants and then there's a photo of his wife on the wall. And yeah. like, and then he sees it and he starts crying. You're like, oh my God. So what I, the point I want to make, amazing. which is really interesting, at least for me, was that I was that convert. Like you oh, as the yeah? audience member become a convert mm. when you get into the show. Like no. I was like, I'm a heterosexual male. I wouldn't necessarily gravitate towards the show. Mm. But the show won me over the way in which the show wins over the characters. Yes. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It's the it's thing about your dad, right? That you tell me about when he watches more stuff. Yeah. And then he starts to like go, oh, okay, these people exist in the world. Yeah. Interesting. You can, you can see it process. Yeah. yeah. And of course, like I was a bit, I was curious about the, the more flamboyant guy. Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan. Jonathan because he wears female clothing mm. throughout, but would have a beard. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's interesting. Yeah, you don't see that often. And right? it never quite gets explained. But I think it's one of the characters goes like, tell me about yourself. Like, why? What's, what's, what is this? What's going what's, on? What's yeah. going what is, on what is here? That? Yeah, and he explains it, which is great. He's mm -hmm. like, I, I'm non-binary. But it's just it's such an interesting choice. Where it's yeah. like, you are going to be so feminine, exactly. but be male at the same time. And I think the cool thing is that the show does play on... Um, like the format of Queer for the Straight Guy initially was very superficial, right, mm. and exterior. But the whole format of the show is that it gets into the interior of these people's lives. Right. right? So you're going to start the show and you're going to see this man presenting um, in women's clothing, right, yeah. for example, something that might challenge your worldview. And then throughout all the seasons, you're going to see how Jonathan will go into a room and light it up, right, mm. just with a smile and with love and mm. care. And I think that's the cool thing about it is it starts to introduce you to what's important in people, right? Mm. If it's something that does bug you. I remember even even me at the start <laughs> of season one <laughs> saw Jonathan. And I was like, whew. It's a lot. That's, yeah, Jonathan's like big. He's like, mm. he's, 
is loud and proud, right? Mm. And it's, to some people, that can be challenging. Yeah. There was like a small part of me that hadn't seen that before. Um, but then I remember it's just, he just makes me smile every time he opens his mouth on the show now. Right. He's such yeah. an angel. And you're also going to see when him and Anthony started dating. Oh. Yeah. So that's really happened and ended. Yeah, and I like ended. Anthony. Anthony's wonderful. Anthony is... Like cries whenever there's a dog. <laughs> yeah, so well, the, the, the Animal Sanctuary episode, yes. he immediately, as he arrives, he's like, oh. <laughs> and then yeah, goes because it's all, um, do we say disabled or differently abled in, in the year of our Lord, 2023? Who knows? Know. But like, so a whole bunch of disabled animals. <laughs> the animals aren't uh, going to get yeah. offended if you, <laughs> if you misrepresent them. Um, sorry, I just laughed very loud into your mic, Graham. You're going to have to turn that down. Um, but yeah, like there's a goat limping around with three legs. Oh, uh, right. And then, then like autistic children will come in mm. and or blind kids and will come in. Yeah. And, you know, they'll go through like an exposure process and a healing process with these animals. Oh, right. But most importantly, the person who runs it is not taking enough time for herself. Yes. Right? And they build her a barn. That's right. delightful. delightful. Um, speaking of delightful things, do you guys drink wine? Yeah, intermittently. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, buddies of mine have started the most incredible wine company. <laughs> it's such a cheeky name. It's called Duis. <laughs> okay, because it comes in a box. Okay. How smart. Mm. That's Afrikaans for box. Yeah. We've obviously we forget. We've given the word so much more meaning, but at yes. the end of the day, it just means box. Um, what if we have international listeners that don't know the other meaning of Duis? Then it's fine. Them? Then that's even better. It could just be a box for them. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so this wine comes in a box, you order it and it's delivered. Um, so it's, it's box wine as it's, in like... It's literally in a box. The, with the tap at yeah, the end. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. The little thing that comes out. Yeah, yeah. But here's the clincher is that it's really good wine. Oh, so it's not the cliche of you've bought box wine, yeah. that shit wine. <laughs> okay. It's like, it's really good wine. I, I must actually understand from them exactly what they do. But quite a few people do this where they can source the good wine that's kind of left over from some places... And so the good people at Duis Wine are giving us a discount code for all the people who listen to the oh, podcast. We have a discount code? We have a discount code. <laughs> that can, can you believe it? We are becoming so profesh. <laughs> We're so legit, bro. So uh, if you go to Duis.wine and you use the discount code VIDEOSTORE10, you wine. get... Yeah, there is a, there is a dot .wine URL. So Duis.wine... <laughs> Um, video store 10 and you get 10% off your first order. Totally. Yeah. Amazing. So, so go and buy some fucking wine. Yeah, guys. <laughs> buy some wine. Some the discount wine. code. I don't know if you can swear in an ad. Oh, no. <laughs> Knowing these dudes, it's totally fine. Um, Never mind. No, they... they it's just the, the regulatory they're lovely guys. commission board. They're mm, lovely guys. Mind. Yeah. Um... No, based on other podcasts, you can totally swear. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Someone will have a problem with it. They're it's always probably this. more of a YouTube thing. They have problems with swearing. Uh, okay. Good to know. YouTube. All right. <laughs> Sorry. All right. That's going to do us well. Um, all right. But I think let's get the show started. Yeah. And, um, and then we'll chat about some new trailers in our cash up, which will happen after the chat. Um, but yeah, we, we need to get our day started. Yeah. All right, it's work. Okay, cool. This is Shannon Ezra popping in to rent something. How's it? How's it? it it's so nice to, to meet you in real life. Well, I mean, we did meet in real life the other day. 
but it's very nice to sit in your company in this wonderful empty bioscope. Thanks. And and begin on our little adventure. <laughs> I have um, seen your face a fair bit. Um, Sorry about that. It's an occupational hazard. It's a good face, so it's <laughs> it's not a problem. Um, most recently being in the film Do Your Worst, which was uh, the first film of my very good friend Samantha Nill. Yes. And, yes. How, and we did it right here. In fact, had, you're sitting right now where I was sitting on the night. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. that we've swapped seats. You obviously I'm definitely not nearly as nervous. <laughs> was it a nervous moment for you? Oh, my word. I was like almost sick all day. Really? From anxiety, yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into it because um, perhaps something to kind of premise it on is that um, I certainly knew you from Lioness, um, which from the outset, and I've started watching it ahead of you and I chatting, um, you can immediately tell it's a more dramatic role, um, but more serious. I'm nodding. I'm nodding. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, the the thing I watched the most of you is Do Your Worst, which is on Netflix, which is this film my friend Samantha made, which is a fun comedy. Yes. So was was the fact that it was a comedy, was that nerve-wracking for you? Polarizing and paralyzing at the same time. Yeah, because I thought definitely. you, I thought you really nailed it. Thank you, and I'm so happy. I'm so happy that um, I feel the same way. Oh, good. Because it could have gone the other way, and then I wouldn't be here. Um, because- no, but I. That's Sam. Um, that was all. I mean, I really just. When you, you know, people who know me, I'm actually quite a lighthearted, funny kind of person. But yeah. so many of the roles that I've done throughout my career have been incredibly dramatic and very demanding and very intense. So this is kind of, you know, this is the, this is the wheelhouse that people are used to seeing me in. So there was pressure from the internal and the external self for Do Your Worst. And I really just decided from the very minute that I got it was hand it over to the director and just trust the process. Confidence. I didn't have quite the same confidence in my comedic ability as I do in like my dramatic ability. Like that's that's like, you know, those tools are very sharp. And that is... Whereas these were quite dull. And it's quite scary because comedy, to pull it off... It's harder. ...relies on that very confidence. You can say the dumbest thing. You could actually make a joke that's lame, that doesn't land. But if you do it confidently, you pull it off. And the thing is, is that comedy is not about trying to be funny. It's actually you just are more in your humanity than anything. And it's the awkwardness around that humanness that that's where the laughs live, especially in the film. And that's why I love the film so much. And that's why I adored working with Sam as much as I did. And Uh, I I would, if she had to phone me tomorrow and say, I have a film for you, I'd say yes. And she'd say, don't you want to read that? And I'd be like, no. If you're on it, I'm in it. That's so great because that confidence is so important. And I, I really applauded her for that. And I was like, I, you've, you've, you've done it, especially as a first time film. But Sam is so smart. She's one of the smartest people I know. She's, her knowledge of cinema, her knowledge of... Yeah. And she um, knew exactly what her relationship was with the audience and how it all works. And and we've had such a lovely podcast no, chat it's, with it her. it just made me so happy that that this film was realized in the way that... 
I, I think she had a different vision for how it was going to turn out, but I think it's, you know, it's all turned out the way that it did yeah. and it's because she's so very brilliant. And I'm excited. I said this to her, I'm excited. And we as her cast were just average. I, mean. <laughs> I said to her, I'm so excited to see the next film that you write because this was something that 100%. it was well-written. It was a well-written film, but I, I'm very excited to see that. But let's talk about you. Um, I watched a bit of Lioness now going into this. I obviously knew and saw it, and I'm, I live in Santon, so I see that giant, your face on that giant yeah, billboard. It's a lot of Shannon. It's a lot of and fun, me in, in that. It's funny weird. enough, we've spoken with the very guy. Um, his name's Justin. We've had a podcast chat with him. He worked for Mnet for many years, and he spoke specifically about that billboard and how Mnet and DSTV will never let go of the rights for that billboard because it's it's – such a prime billboard. Oh, it really is. And was that a big thing for you to see you there? What did that? You know, in season one, places? in season one, I was on the same billboard, yeah. but the, the 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 artwork for season one was very different from the artwork to season two. Okay. This was a lot more Samantha. It was less like yeah. orange silhouette like kind of. There was almost like some kind of. So you, Whimsical nature in the first poster, whereas this one, it was literally bang on into camera in this. They can't fire me now, kind of. <laughs> oh, my God. You, you never know when people can fire you. Um, no, but it was, it was uh, I'm so glad that we, that we took the time to shoot the artwork the way that we did. Um, and that, that was, was a, a... That was a shoot on its own, huh? It was. Um it had intended to be on a day when I had like a light day, which was hardly ever. And it just so happened that we'd had a new wardrobe start that that day. There'd been a lot of confusion. There'd been just, it had been, a, it was a very arduous, difficult um, shoot process. There were a lot of moving parts and a lot of balls being juggled in the air. And there were some balls that got dropped. And on this particular day, um, we opted to not do the key art in the midst of all this chaos, and we requested a a a full morning where we could make sure that wardrobe had been briefed, makeup had been briefed, and that all the relevant parties then came, and we had like a consolidated three to four hours to really dedicate. To just our, do the shoot for the. I have over fifteen hundred images from that shoot. I have wow. all. I have all the raw images, and. And we had four different outfits that we had brought along. Um, obviously, the look was, you know, more of that um, that lioness, strong hair. The, yeah. And, you know, and we started with the makeup being um, quite natural and then we built it up. So it, I'm really, really glad that we were, that we were allowed to take the time because I think the poster itself, I think it's really beautiful and I think it really, it speaks exactly to who Samantha is and I think it yeah. speaks a lot to what the show is about. So it's been wonderful. It's still kind of amazing that it's still up. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I, I made a joke the other day. I was like, oh, I lost myself. And then I just found myself in, on William Nickel waving at myself. <laughs> well, there are these big moments. I mean, was that a was that like a look I made it moment? Or did you found that that had kind of happened earlier? <sighs> Man, that look I made it moment. They're so fleeting. <laughs> they don't really exist. I mean, I, I know, still. I know, I know. You know, because you're so, you know, as actors, we're so between work all the time. 
um, you think you've made it and then, you know, you're busy counting your counting pennies again. Shekels, you're like, yeah. can I afford this? You know, no, no, that's I know what not, you mean. not eating beans, but um, not because they're not delicious, but... Uh, no, I know, <laughs> like, I, know, I know exactly what I you mean. I think that you've made it moment, I just, I, I think that every day is, um, every day is just a moment of gratitude for where I've been. But the, the problem with, with what we do, and it's a, I wish people would stop doing this, is you ask actors, so what's next? Yeah. And you don't allow us the space to just enjoy what's just happened. Mm. It's a very stress-inducing um, question, and, it's, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it, it really it pings hard for me especially, and I have a lot of friends that it also pings hard for, but like – to, to focus on what has been and to really, we don't allow ourselves to revel in it because we're always looking yeah. at what's next. And yeah. I, I, we, we need to stop doing that. Okay. You were no. going to ask me what's next after no, this and no, I've no, just no. ruined it for you. <laughs> but not no, for me. No, not at all. I'm actually more curious in the opposite direction, which is what are, so refreshing. What are some of the, what have been some of the career highlights? Because in my ignorance, sorry, it, it kind of starts with Lioness. But right. what, what, um, what were the fun times? What were the what were the You know, I think my first film was a real that was a real game changing moment. I mean the first film I ever did was Academy with the Academy Award winner Eva Marie Saint and Kim Basinger. Um Ooh, what was that? It was I Dreamed of Africa, which is the uh, yeah. the the adaptation of the book written by Cookie Gorman. Yeah. And um that was when I was fifteen and I, that was the moment that I absolutely broke my father's heart. And I was like, I'm not going to be a doctor. I'm ah! going to be an actor. <laughs> nice. Uh, which was met with a considerable amount of resistance, but he did come around. So um, there have been a number. I mean, even if I consider, um, you know, I wasn't even out of university. I was still busy. I just finished writing my thesis. And where did you study? I was at Wits. I nice. did a BADA. Me too. Yes. Yeah. Did you? What? When did you finish? Because uh, you're a lot younger than I am. I don't know. <laughs> I'm 41. I'm not too far behind. I am 38. Okay. I'm 37 turning 38. I I was more Wits film and TV, which uh, okay. we did a bit of performance. There was for a, a few small years, bit of separation. And then, and then we go into our parking yeah. lot hole. <laughs> It's it really very, it was. It was really around the corner. It really was. Um, and then we, yeah, but we would use someone like yourself to act in our films. Yeah. I'm sure you got roped into a few of those. Uh, yeah, a couple. <laughs> those were also, those were amazing times. I mean, Overly that was the dramatic. best. That was the best part of um, drama school was yeah. just the, the access to all this material to perform in, to grow, to learn, to cultivate the, yeah. you know, it was wonderful. Uh, so, um, so you did performance. I did. Bit. I did. Yeah. So I did writing and performance. And I got cast in a little play, uh, which Dorothy Ann Gould was directing, and it was going to be at the Peter Turin Monte uh, Casino Theatre. I love Dorothy. She I was also that. in Do Your Worst. She was she your was. mom. She played in, in... my mom. And, um, and so Dot cast myself and Niels van Jarsveld and Ashley Dowds in a little British play written by Simon Gray called Japes. And... Um, and that we, was your we had first six we had a in. six week yeah and I was still kind of like at varsity. I was busy writing my thesis. Mm. That was the only class that I needed to get to. So um yeah, we did a six week run in Joburg, then we did a three week run in Cape Town, and I won the Naledi Award for Best Newcomer. Nice. And then it was a matter of auditioning for Issy Dingo. Mm. 
for a little character. Her name was Yvette Meyer, and she played Carl, uh, she was Carl Ortlip's uh, girlfriend. And it was a three-month storyline with the wonderful Langley and uh, Natalie Bolt. And um, then it was Snitch. Okay. Three months after that, I was auditioning for Snitch, and there I was cast as the number one as Kaz O'Donna with Brendan Greeley and Justin Stratum and Taryn what was, Sudding. What was Snitch again? Snitch was also Mnet. And it was a story of a of a of an undercover policewoman, essentially okay. trying to avenge the death of her brother, mm. and penetrating this um, drug cartel family. But she Jeez. falls very madly in love with their son. Heavy. And they have a child. No, I mean it was. And Snitch was great. And then kind of, you know. And then you know. Just kept working. Yeah. Thanks. Slowly. No, that's, that's cool. So, I I thought. In Do Your Worst, you play a actress in a in a. You sort of had this sort of hit. Yeah, she was a lead she in was a, a soapy. She was a sort of household name, and then there was a question of like, what has she done since? And and you were now kind of questioning. She'd faded into obscurity, which yeah. is the big fear for all of us. Sure. So it was, it's interesting that it was probably not too close, literally to home, but of course the spirit of that character. Wasn't too far because we all remember. Look, it's not far off, hey. I mean, there was a couple when I got um, released when I got released from Isidingo when they released a number of us out of our contracts, essentially being fired. Yeah. Um, Wait, so did it end up being more than three months? No. So I was on an Isidingo at two different stages, playing two different characters. Oh, cool. All right. So I later when I had moved back from Los Angeles and they offered me a new character named Angelique Scott, and she was a lawyer. And I was on Isidingo for almost two years. Yeah. And then they got rid of us. And I didn't work again for nearly three years, nearly two years, no, two years. And I okay. had, I had thought that I'd faded into obscurity. And then the late and very wonderful Shauna Ferguson had... Not for a lack of trying, or were you giving yourself like a bit of a sabbatical? No, I was certainly not giving myself okay. a sabbatical. I also okay. don't think that I was with the right agency at the time. Yeah. And um, Okay. Anyway, point is that then Sandra Stain came along, who is known throughout the, the Mzanzi meta universe. Mm. Uh, you know, there's this character who's been on five different telenovelas now. And um, that, I don't, you know, I always wonder, and I think to myself, if Shauna knew that Sandra would be as popular and as big a fan favorite as she is. Yeah. Um, just last week I was on the river, you know, doing another little Sandra stint. And um, Sandra really, Sandra changed a lot of things for me. Okay. In the industry. And I've, I'm always so grateful for, for her existence in, in the world. And um, it's, then it's it was the, Still Breathing that came along. Mm. Still Breathing, which was Mnet uh, end of 2019. But then we went into COVID. Mm. It's always interesting when, whenever someone sort of tells the story and they're like, 2019, and that was 2019, and then everyone like knows where it's going to yeah. go next. Like February, we were in Sun City. We were kind of like on our press tour. And then... For still breathing. For still breathing. And then literally a month later, everything just got shut down. And But if you'd made our it... Our nights were ruined by our president's speeches. Sure, but at least if you'd made the content... Then you had the captive audience. If you were stuck, yeah, but it's you can't have a captive audience when they're like 
um, the president will be speaking now, and it's like and right in the time. middle of our prime time. Ah, uh, that's a good point. So it, I think it, that actually really hurts the show. Oh, okay. Um, very sadly, but then and then you know there we were in the midst of it, and there we were shooting season one of Lioness. Lovely, and it's so interesting that you sort of speak of these characters as these sort of women that exist kind of around you. They do, and and. Do they probably all have a little bit of each other in them. Well, they absolutely they do. They have some unique attributes. But it's interesting that you sort of have this kind of... Yeah, like sometimes I feel like I've got like, you know, like a like multiple personalities that yeah. kind of live inside and reside. The only problem is, is that I wish that I could be... Like I have this, uh, d- this delicious envy of certain characters. Like Sandra Stain, for instance, she's this incredible criminal defense attorney. And she doesn't give a crap about what you think about her. Yeah. And if I could just... If only Shannon could have some of that too. I could have more of that in me, <laughs> you know, whereas I, 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 like, I genuinely care about, um, not necessarily what people think of me, but I don't want you to misunderstand me. Like, I would rather you understand me than love me. I don't it need just, you to love me. I yeah. want you to understand me. So when I yeah. feel misunderstood, I get very frustrated. Okay. Um, whereas Sandra wouldn't give a... She would be like, whatever, I'm out, yeah. I'm out so I don't have time for this. Um, and you know, like Sam, she's so impulsive. She's something's dangerous and she runs at it. Whereas I'm very cautious. Yeah. Um, and then you've got like Candace from still breathing who her moral compass was just completely askewed. I, I, I don't wish for an askewed more. I like yeah. that. I can, that I know between right and wrong. And I, I would never have a, an affair with my best friend's partner, uh, for 20 years uh, <laughs> or even for just a hot second. I wouldn't do it, yeah. but, um, these no, women do. They certainly do exist inside and outside of myself because there's a world, but it's yeah. a limited world. Yeah. You know? That's so lovely. Um, what, uh, apart from making all the stuff that we watch, what do you watch? What are you enjoying? That's a, a so, part of the show. Yeah. To kind of also get a sense so of... So I'm a, I'm a huge consumer of content mm. that I'm finding that... As I'm getting older, I'm getting a lot more discerning. You have to be. There's a lot of rubbish out there. There it's really is. There and is. you know what? And and there are times when I'm like, mm, this just isn't really my taste. Yeah. And I just don't want to. And you got to quit something. it at the start. Because yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll give something a try and it just won't hold. But I will say there are a couple of shows that I've watched that have really held and I've really enjoyed them. Um, what so are, talking about what are know, some of those? going to Vitz Drama School. I don't did you study the drama? Did you do drama and film? Did you study? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. did you guys do David Cronenberg's Dead Ringers from 1988 with 1988 with Jeremy Irons? Did, was that no. on your Okay, no, so No, we didn't. That was something that we watched in third year. Yeah. And I remember that film just I've seen a couple of it, Cronenberg. I haven't seen Dead Ringers. It's really I I have struggled to watch Jeremy Irons ever since he played the Mantle Twins. And um, that film terrified the absolute bejesus out of me. But I've just finished watching because they've now remade Rachel Weisz's uh, adaptation of Dead Ringers on Prime, and it is so fantastic and oh, so deeply fascinating and disturbing. Her- and she's delicious in it. And, oh, lovely! And yeah, so I I I gave myself about two weeks to watch that. What's the What's the basic premise of Dead Ringers? Dead Ringers, uh, the TV show, is um, two twins, uh, Beverly and Elliot, are 
So in, a male and a female no, twin. No, they are two women. So two women. Rachel okay. Weisz plays twins. Oh, she plays two characters. Okay, cool. And they are both in the gynecological obstetric realm of medicine. Okay. And very often they swap identities to assist each other in the things that the other doesn't like or enjoy. So that's threaded in through the... But okay. but but we've got Elliot who is interested in the science, and we've got Beverly who is interested in the humanity. So, okay. and then it's this dichotomy of these okay. two personalities. So, how, when does it get Cronenbergy? Oh my God, it's Cronenbergy from like the beginning. It doesn't. It look. It doesn't have quite the same body horror as you would expect from like The Fly. And the actual film of Dead Ringers, which was horrendous, by the way. I mean, in, in the film, they actually, the one twin made special gynecological tools to um, use on his patients. And they were terrifying. Okay. So none okay. of that is happening. But the, the modernization of it is very, very clever. Okay. And even if you've never seen the film and you know what, you don't have to because it is a disturbing feature. Yeah. Um, but it's just sort of inspired by... But, like, don't watch it with the kids. It's definitely an adult viewing. Okay. Um, it's quite sexy. And it's very well written and it's incredibly well performed. And then um, something else that I also just finished was, was season one of The Bear. Yeah. Which I just yeah. loved so yeah. much. How, how amazing is that? I've, I've watched a few episodes. Some guys on the video store have finished it. I just love the fact that it feels like you are just witnessing what's happening. It's the most incredible ensemble acting I've ever seen in my whole life. I feel like I'm watching a documentary yeah. in like a test kitchen or something. Yeah. It's really, it's fantastic. Yeah, we've spoken about it at, at, at some great length, but it's on um, Disney Plus And it's basically a, a brother takes over his dead brother's um, restaurant. And then he's got to figure out what his brother's been up to because yeah, there are all these like... Unanswered things. Un and, and it's just, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know where they'll go for a season two. I hope there is one because I just, I is. enjoyed yeah, yeah. the characters so, so much. Yeah. Um, uh, another, what was something else that I was watching now? Um, it's all good. <laughs> um, oh, I've just started watching um, Women Talking. With okay. Claire Foy and Frances McDormand, it's a it's a film. It's yeah. Greta Gerwig's. Um, yeah. No, not Greta. It's um. Oh man, Sarah Polly. Sorry, Sarah yeah. Polly's um feature. Greta Gerwig has got a very uh, interesting Barbie film coming out. Cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait hey, for Barbie. It looks so weird and interesting and it, lovely it and looks, how exciting. It looks like, but I'm a cheerleader meets Pleasantful. Yeah. Yeah. In Barbie land. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, okay, so women talking. Yeah, but I, I did start wasn't to there, nod off, so I need, I okay. need to. Because wasn't there a funny comment made by someone in and around the Oscar race about women talking? There probably was. I think there was a little bit of tea, a little bit of goss around it. She she won, someone won one award and they said, this isn't. I didn't expect this because the title said women talking. So it was like a, a oh. jab at the Academy wouldn't have given something by this name any award. Well, that's true. Okay. Maybe I got my. No, actually, I don't know. Wrong, but I, but it was something like that. That, but, uh, that does sound like it could be very weird, real. Yeah. Um, but so far, so good. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I had to because I, I was falling asleep. So I was like, okay, we'll have to revisit this another day. Yeah. But um, what else did I. Where where is that? Where is women talking? Do you know? Out there, 
Pirate. I'm so, I'm so glad Until they pay that. me residuals. Yeah. No, I'm joking. No, I'm we, actually very serious. No, but sometimes you know you just you want you want to watch something and it's not on cinema anymore, and there are various streaming sites. Yeah, we say out in the seas here at the yes. video store. We say you can find it out in the seas. So yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm so glad you did the pirate voice. I'm gonna watch a film. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, I, I I I do like you know I have Showmax. I've got Netflix. I've got Prime. I've got Amazon. But like. There's yeah. some things that you just don't, you just have to. Yeah, you just got to go out and, and, go and, and, and grab them. Dig up some gold. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so women talking, what what other um, stuff would you like to watch more of? What would you want to see more of? Because I've got to try and find you something to rent. Yeah. Um, so I'm finding that I'm really I I'm really interested in character driven story. Like I don't want you to give me an action. Okay. Um and I don't want a romance unless it's something along the lines of like when Harry met Sally when they actually made really fantastic rom-coms. Yeah. Or when, because it, it it took a whole year for them to or took many years for Harry and Sally to actually get together. It was a bit more authentic. And it was just such a I mean, it's one of my favorite films of all time, and I watch it once a year, every year. Okay. During, yeah. you know, I just I have to. So let's ah. maybe, let's maybe get into that. What are, what are some of the all time faves? Oh, um, I'll tell you. Um, um, Brokeback Mountain's a film I watch every two years. Okay. I have to remind myself of just that very nuanced, brilliant performance of, you know, both of them. All of them. All Michelle of them. Williams, Jake. Yeah. Michelle um, Williams always delivers. Eh? Have you seen The Fablemans? I haven't, and that's something that I'm longing oh, to see. It was so um, hard because, like, she was nominated for Best um, Actress. You know, so was Michelle Yeoh. So it was really hard. But, I mean, if you could have given them all a prize, you should You know, I've got to tell you, I think that these awards are just a load of nonsense. It is silly. I don't see how we can really measure who did a better job. You yeah. can't. It's so subjective. It's not like people running a race where someone is legitimately faster. Yeah. I think that you should all be acknowledged. You should all walk away with the award and that be that. So it's it should be a celebration of of the nominees. Of the nominees, but I think I think to be up and say who was the best of these extraordinary 5 to 7 actors. Yeah. Over such various different dynamic. I just I don't it's yeah. so impossible. And yeah. the academy itself, the people who are voting yeah. Do they really know what they're talking about? I don't know. And How do we know? What is the body? Who's the body that's like, that's like controlling the body of people that are, well, that are well, like what criteria do these people it's have? It's politics. It's, so it's, I think, so, think it's tragic. Then. Yeah. So there's a, I think there's a handful of people in South Africa who have earned their part to be a part of the academy. If you win, you become part of the academy or if you kind of get honored. So it's like, a, you can see why it, could have perhaps been a gentleman's club for a long time. Um, but more, uh, I think one or two South African producers have since been included, but basically it's a bunch of people around the world. And then it's really about like how a politician would get votes. You've got to hold rallies. No, I mean, I understand you know, the no, system. No, no, I, I, yeah, I'm, just, I'm sorry, I'm explaining it to sort of everyone oh yeah, sure. in, in a sense that, you know, if you don't throw enough parties, if you don't put out enough chatter at cocktail parties, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's the same as they've now changed the rules completely because of the Andrea 
Riseborough in double with um, Alice Darling. Yeah, we not were... Alice Darling. It was the the Alice Darling is the one with. Um, yeah, I know. I know which film you're talking about. Well, she's playing an alcoholic. Where there were a bunch of more um, influential celeb- actors. actors that put posts out and sort of changed that. And but she didn't go on any kind of Oscar. Um, she didn't do the 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 press junket. She didn't do what all the other actors had done in mm. the however many however how many months lead up to it. Mm. Um, so people sort of almost considered it like cheating. Yeah. It's yeah. a very interesting way to go about it. Now, I've spoken to some people. There was that South African film, um, The Wound. Mm. In, 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 yeah, and John Tringrove's film. And they also said a lot of it came down to when they went from um, uh, sort of the shortlist nominee, they said so much of it was just budget and parties and they couldn't host enough and so they didn't get enough votes. And in their heads, there was this Hungarian film that then got picked up for Netflix, picked up by Netflix. So it got just that extra ingestion extra of, of, funding. of funding. So it's, it, it, as you can hear from it's a the rich last man sport. 10 minutes, as you can see, it's got nothing to do with it's like... It's got nothing to do with merit. It's about money. they actually acted their pants off, you yeah. know. So yeah. it is a pity. But yeah, I like that idea. You, you should just be part of a group that make a final list and that should be it. Yeah. That's the way we've always treated it. Here, we did a whole build-up to the Oscars and we were like, it's less about who wins and more about like, we should be looking at these films, like Women Talking or, you know, because some of them are so small, they don't get the budget. So many of them don't even go to cinema. They go straight to like wherever Mm. they go and they some of them really fade into obscurity and then it's only like 10 years later they're like oh my word this was a cult classic back in the day and it's made some resurgence because now netflix has built have bought it yeah and like until then what happens like you've got it's sad they they get a bit lost Um, and it's a huge industry mm. not just because i mean film and people want to watch stories it's it's the we've been sitting around fires since the beginning of fire (laughs) <laughs> telling stories um, have you watched The Diplomat on Netflix at I, all? I saw Kerry Russell in a little preview of it the other day and uh, I'll, I'll I think you'd appreciate that if I'll I can give it a help go. find you something to rent yeah I'll give it a go I'll give it a go listen I was a huge Felicity fan back in yeah. the day I mean they don't make them like that anymore either <laughs> um, the one question we ask is what do you uh, tell people is your favorite film and what is your actual favorite film? I tell people that I'm really bad at favorites yeah. and that that is like asking me as a mother if I've got five children, which one is my which favorite? One is your favorite? And okay. I can't answer it. I've got, I've got lists of films in different genres that appeal to me. I've got favorite, fi- I've got like, <laughs> like films that as a child, my brother and I would watch together. Yeah. And then I've got okay. films that my parents, that we would watch as family. Like, Okay, I've got a specific one for you then. What was the film you were too young to watch when it got there's no such thing. I watched it when I was 10 years old. Okay. Well, then and if that was your go-to, then that's the film that I'm talking about. Um, yeah. I mean, I should. And, and yet, no. I'll tell you. I'll tell Apparently, you. that is a rewatch is horrendous. Oh, no. And I won't. I won't do it. <laughs> like, but I did watch the, the, the reimagining of it. No, no, and, no, no. and it was. Um, that would be very scary because it was made now but no, apparently the, the Tim Curry that you and I grew up with apparently rewatching now is like a comedy I'm sure it's, it's so silly yeah like almost like a parody but it ruined the profession of clowning 
uh, for, absolutely. for a whole generation. A, maybe even more. More generations. I but, will tell you there's, there's two films that had a huge impact on me as a child. And the one I was definitely too young to watch okay. was Jock of the Bushveld. Okay. Um, <laughs> with um, <laughs> Jocelyn Broderick. I don't think I've ever seen the well, film versions Gray of it. I read the Gray books Gray Hoffmeyer directed the film. It came out in the early 80s. And I actually went to go and see it at the cinema with my parents. I was little. Okay. And when Jock dies, no spoiler, spoiler alert, guys. <laughs> that's what's going to... Any film with any animal in the title is going to die. Yeah. Think about it. Marley yeah. and me. Marley dies. Like, just, you know, if there's an animal in the title, you know it's going to die. Yeah. Just know. So. yeah. yeah. Anyway, there I am at, I'm about four years old, and watching this film, and Jock dies, and I'm inconsolable that I have to be removed from the (laughs) cinema by parents, and it was like two or three hours later of being consoled, and just, you know, all the shushes, and it's okay, and whatnot, and then I was lying, which was, I was lying apparently in my father's chest, and I was holding onto some of his chest hairs, and I noticed that he had a grey chest hair, <laughs> and I then became absolutely inconsolable that yeah. now he was getting old and he was going to die. Yeah. So that was a bad movie day uh, for everyone. Yeah. And then there's another film, which I think is where the love of, of everything started. And what's interesting is that I actually worked with this director. Oh, uh, cool. was Tarzan, Lord of Greystoke. By Hugh Hudson, and Hugh Hudson directed us in I Dreamed of Africa. Oh, cool! And that was with Crystal Lambert, and you know it's about Tarzan. So, you know, as a six-year-old, you know, people would say to my mom, "What does Shannon want as a birthday present?" She'd say, "Just get her a skipping rope." And so they were like, "A skipping rope, really? Why?" And she's like, "Well, she's a little bit obsessed with chimpanzees and Tarzan, so she, you know, plays in her tree and she's making vines." So I had like. (laughs) <laughs> dozens of skipping ropes that I would put in my Tarzan tree so I could swing vine to vine like Tarzan and the monkeys did. Oh, wild. And your parents let you do this homemade I tree was, swinging. Absolutely. I had very big, strong trees and I had an imagination and I had to just be inside before it got dark. That's wild. No, we, we have... Uh, also, there was a time where I only talked as a monkey. Okay. Which became very frustrating for my mother. Let's unpack that. Right. <laughs> You you spoke as a monkey. Ooh, yeah, only only. Oh, so you didn't him. even identify with being Tarzan. No, Tarzan spoke as monkey before oh, right. he was he never, introduced to the why, colonial world. Why would he speak? Why, why would, would he? Sp- why would he not speak like a monkey? Exactly. Okay, no, forgot about that. Yeah. Okay, so you saw yourself as a as a. No, I was a child who was in play. Who was sure, playing? Sure, but sure. I'd like I'd gotten that's really lovely. good at being like a monkey, like. Totally cool. impersonating, and I mean that's a big part of acting that you then start playing with when you when you do acting training. There's a lot of those um, exercises where you need to play as an animal, or totally. be an animal, or mm. embody an animal, mm. or degrees of an animal. Like, have you ever played those kind of theater games totally. where it's like you're a little bit of a dolphin? And then you got to do it again as more of a mm. dolphin. Then you got to be a complete dolphin. Yeah. And people play with that. Uh, I don't know if you remember, there's a very famous story of Marlon Brando uh, when he was studying with Stella Adler. Uh, one of the exercises was, right, you guys have got to be chickens during a nuclear war. Okay. And every actor started like going just bananas. And running around on stage. Yeah. And uh, Marlon Brando just quietly just... 
kind of like got on the ground and just chilled there. Yeah. And Stella Adler was like, what are you doing? He said, I'm being a chicken. Yeah, what chicken. do I know about atomic war? It's like, yeah. I'm just yeah. being a chicken, laying my eggs. <laughs> he was the only actor who did anything different. Lovely. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Um, geez, I had a train of thought, but it's all been completely lost. I'm sorry, we, we were talking oh, about the degrees of animals. Oh, um, have you seen Arrested Development? Oh my God, such a, one of my favorite shows <laughs> of all time. And there's that one scene when they all start doing the different chicken dance. I mean, it's, I mean, and, you and, just don't, they don't make them like that anymore. And Jason Bateman's like, have any of you ever seen a chicken? Yeah. Because it's such a great um, sort of recurring joke in the show that um, each character in the family will at some point um, accuse him of being a chicken and then they'll start doing a chicken um, action. But each one of them has a, individually very ridiculous yeah, version because of there's a, a chicken. There's a, because there's a humanity that's projected onto the animal. Yeah. And we do that with our animals, oh, you know. funny. All right. Um, so I'd like to find you some things to watch. The first one was Diplomat. Yes, okay. I'll definitely give think, that a go. Which I think could be very cool. Um, Shrinking on <gasps> Apple yes, TV+. I, Plus. Can I tell you, I got to episode four and then I got really disappointed. Oh, why did it disappoint you? It just somehow went from like being really interesting to being like a sitcom. Okay, I think I know what you mean. It's made by the same people that do Scrubs. So maybe they sort of found themselves more in sitcom mode as opposed to trying to be like... Like just a, all of a sudden now there's this community that's like railing around him and his daughter. And I just was like, hang on. Okay. Yeah, but I think I think I just um, I, I I will give it I will I will pick it up again because uh, okay. I do I do really enjoy Jason Siegel and I, I like what he mm. and also like you know I, I like I like how I liked where it was going in terms of like the therapy sessions and him kind of like telling them what yeah. to do instead of letting them figure it because I mean there have been times in my life where I wish my therapist had been like you should leave. You should do you it. You should definitely go. And then I would be like, <laughs> oh, my God, amazing. Thank you for giving me permission. Um, like, I feel like I could have, could have, I could have saved okay. some, some money there. But, um, yeah, I'll pick it up. Okay, so Shrinking, yeah. yeah. Uh, I really like that. But, uh, sorry, just to explain um, Shrinking for those who don't know, it's, um, you know, Apple TV Plus. Basically, it's all around um, a guy who's a psychologist who, in grieving with the death of his wife, um sort of has a reawakening and kind of figures out a, a different way of treating his, of treating his patients, patients, which yeah. is to actually get a bit more involved, which of course shouldn't really Which is completely happen. unethical. <laughs> but it, it has some effect, which is which is good. Um, I just want to, sorry, quickly. Um, are you a fan of stand-up comedy? I love stand-up. Um, John Mulaney. I saw his little thing pop up the other day. Baby J. Yeah, I, I think like you'd appreciate him. it. I will. I'll listen. I'll, I'll I think give in, it a watch. In terms of something refreshingly different, his stand-up special, Baby J, is very vulnerable, very open, very personal. It's it's effectively all about his um, intervention that his friends pulled. I don't even know he had a drug problem. Oh, okay. And um, him going into rehab and coming out. It's oh no, that sounds great. That sounds great. I mean, I think I think the nice thing about stand up now is that it really is coming from a place of um, real authenticity. Like I always have loved Mike Birbiglia because he's so awkward. Yeah, and he's just like they're telling you a story. It's not like to try and be funny, but because it's yeah. just relatable and human. It's yeah. I think stand up has changed a lot. 
Yeah. Um, I'm looking very forward to seeing Eliza Schlesinger's new. Oh, she's great. I'm obsessed with her. Um, yeah. But like I have, you know, like I, I like a lot of people, but I will. I'll, John Mulaney did. Um, you know what I started watching yesterday in this horrible thunderstorm that we had? Yeah. Um, just because I, like I couldn't do what I needed to because I needed to be traveling and moving because I'm currently moving house, um, is I started watching Bad Vegan, oh. which everyone was kind of obsessed with during the pandemic. It's very interesting. Um, it's really disturbing, and there are very manipulative people out there, and it's just, it's, there's there's wow. there's, there's the top layer of Bad Vegan, which is about, you know, the story of this woman and how she gets kind of, somewhat conned by her partner but she was why the story has some sort of value not value why it, why it, it sort of grained some traction is that she owned probably one of the first famous vegan restaurants in in new york and she was a very attractive woman so she was kind of this personality An attractive successful smart ambitious sure sure sorry to give it um more and 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 then um this yeah, then, man. then this man comes into her life, but then there's like a whole nother layer. The second well, I layer, I haven't, I've, I, I think I'm about to just get stuck into like the next layer. I haven't finished it yet. And not to give anything away, but the next layer is like what, what he is... kind of actually had her believe was possible, and it's like, wait, sorry, what? And so it's yeah, it's interesting. It plays out quite cool. I mean, I don't even know how to label this man, but there's definitely narcissistic personality disorder there. And and if you know anything about the narcissist, they don't choose weak, fallible people. They choose strong, independent, successful. Like that is that is their mo. Oh, so they can dismantle and destroy. Wild. Wild. <laughs> no, there's 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 one or two. Destroy signings. Superman. <laughs> but listen, I. Appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate yours, Russell. This has been very fun. Thank and you. and it was great getting to know you. And I, yeah, once again, thought your comedic performance and performance in general in Do Your Worst was lovely. Thank you so much. And that was my introduction to your, um, to all your talents. And then, of course, even within the first 10 minutes of Lioness, I was like, I'm in. <laughs> like, good. I'm done. I'm Amazing. in. Amazing. Good. Which good. is lovely. So um, I'm looking forward to continuing to watch that. What and are you watching it on? On um, catch up? Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. So for all of you who who have been asking, uh, Showmax. It, oh, is season two on Showmax? No, oh, no, you no, are, I, oh, you're I, watching from season one. I got to go from ah, season one. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. I got to catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's lovely. Oh no, you've got a long journey ahead. That's so <laughs> enjoyable. Enjoy. I do, but enjoy. it's also just great when our kind of local stories are done right and it's just done so well and just so well acted. Like just that first, one of the first opening scenes when you. When you um, do the drive-by of the house mm. and how your character has remained quite stoic up until this point. And then when you break down, when you see the the child in the car, it's like, oh, no, I'm in. You I'm know in. And so... I got greasy and I, I got fucking teared up like right and there you know and then. And what's so I was like, mad about I'm that in. scene is that we had to shoot the turnaround, the close-up of Sam crying. I had to shoot that in a completely different location and I didn't have anyone to make an eyeline with. I had to just like do that through memory of wow. seeing her. We shot it in two different places. And um, Josua Malherba was one of our directors on season one and I found myself so emotional shooting Lioness that they started calling me the crying, crying heroine because I would actually become so so like moved by what Sam was going through like I was yeah. 
they actually had to like temper me down because I interesting. There was a lot more crying. So you say that you'd seen her stoic. I mean, it was um, thank goodness for editing because I was like a wreck most of the time because I was just so saddened by what this woman was having to put herself through. Yeah. So, but know. but but having to to bring out that performance over and over again. No, you for can't. Takes. No, I but mean, you can't. You can't. You you've got one take of one thing, and then it's got to become something else. You can't try and recapture a moment to a moment. Then you okay. fucked. So there'd be dramatic. No, Sorry. no, no. We yeah. swear here. We swear yeah. here. Thank God. But it's it's interesting, and I just maybe this is the last point we can make is that when you look at some taxing dramatical dramatic scene that you would have to perform and granted you say you're not going to do it exactly the same way um, against something like Samantha Nell's film where you've got to hit a comedic beat but you also might have to do that a couple of times sure um, so far which one are you not that it's a competition but I'm just curious to know like I almost feel like comedy's harder well the thing is the comedy is actually more fun though Sure. Okay. You don't so have maybe to, it feels, you don't have to take it just yourself feels to. Effortless you in some don't regard. have to go. You don't have to kind of. You don't have to dismantle yourself with the comedy. There's certain emotional beats that happen where you so that, kind of dismantle yourself, and if you don't have the right tools, it can be very hard to put yourself back together for the rest of the so day. All in all, you'd choose comedy. It's a lot. It, uh, it is a lot more fun. And it is not nearly as taxing. Okay. Um, like sure. 50, 58 days of shooting season two of Lioness, I, I really, I did not, I was not in a well place. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then when someone goes, what's next? You could see how that could compound. I mean, what I should have done, I should, <laughs> I should have put myself back into therapy immediately, but I yeah. didn't. Okay. And then what ended up happening was um, six weeks later, they offered me do your worst. So, so do your worst actually did a lot of healing for me. Oh, interesting. But then I had other life things that were happening that I, I should have, I should have been back in therapy. Sure. No, but taking that time is, is important, especially when you've done something as taxing it's a lot, as that. It's a lot of giving of yourself, you know, it's a lot. It's, yeah. And when, and just going back to the last thing, which was that when we spoke about these characters being these people sort of around you, you literally take, parts of yourself and put it into them well it's like i say i I say acting is not an act of self-expression it is an act of self-discovery i'm not there to express myself i'm there to express a character and in expressing a character in in allowing this person to live i discover something of myself that i wasn't aware of before oh interesting lovely okay on that thank you russell that's it we're gonna end there that's it (laughs) Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. And this was such a pleasure. all the best with everything. Thank you for my coffee. Just oh, delicious. Absolute pleasure. And um, perhaps we'll see you soon at some point in the yeah, future. Yeah, you let me know. That's you also always know. nice. But yeah, thank you for Thanks your time. Thanks for listening. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Bye. All right. What a lovely chat. Hmm. We are back here with Cole and Graham. What's up? And it is now the latter half of the day where it then gets a bit quiet. <laughs> So we have a chance to chat. Um, what are you guys watching? What what trailers? Oh my lord! So many trailers have come out over the last like two weeks or so. It's bonkers because we're obviously yeah. getting into like that season. 
Yeah. The summer the Holly, Yeah, the, the Holly, big Hollywood. So obviously we got a new Mission Impossible trailer, which you can watch over on our YouTube channel. Yeah. I mean, oh, and it's so it looks... cool to see the actual cliffside stunt without the ramp. Yes. That you see in the IMAX trailer. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then in this new trailer, you see what that looks like without right. the. So, big yeah. Ramp. So, so, just for those who've missed it, what's so smart is that there's this particular stunt mm. that happens in Mission Impossible, and they've taken the opportunity in pre movie trailers to not actually show the trailer of the movie, they show the behind the scenes of the stunt. So they like let you, it's so smart. They let you in on how the sausage is made. Yeah. Which is very un Hollywood in mm. a sense. Yeah. Like it sort of breaks the. They don't ever want you to see behind the curtain. Yeah. Right? That, that kind of stuff always comes cool afterwards. And, and only and, for people that are interested in it. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's cool because it actually bre- it gets you excited about what's going to make this movie specifically cool. Exactly. And there those is movies, that particular stunt. And that's what we now are kind of living for. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to fucking prove that, that, that Tommy did it. Yes. Yes. Because I was going to say, these movies Tommy, are now about that. Yeah. Um, that's the whole point is to go, yeah. he actually did it. He, it's all the stunts. It's and there was the like fear the that, it, plane. that the parachute wasn't going to open, but yeah. it did. You know, like, oh, it's great. <laughs> it's so bleak in like these IMAX 4K cameras that you've got. Imagine filming um, the, death said, Cruise. Cruise. Like <laughs> yeah, the death of Tom Cruise. Yeah, the death of Tom Cruise in oh, super Lord. 4K HD. And it's so like, you just for get a lot it, of money. You just get it from about six different angles. And everyone's like, oh, shit, we killed Tom Cruise. I wonder if he has like a clause in his contract <laughs> that's like, if I die on camera, you have to use that footage in the movie. Yeah, that would be awesome. Oh, wow. Uh, that's, that feels like something he would do. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, Mission Impossible. Yesterday, to to so you get an idea of when this has been recorded, we got a new trailer for Barbie, mm. the Greta Gerwig film, it's which is it's hilarious. It's getting more and more interesting. Right. It's just now we have story clues. Yes. And it's it's really really funny. So the idea, if I understood it correctly, yeah, is that Barbie. The veil is being lifted between Barbie Playtime World, yeah. where she's lifted off the house by a girl putting it into a car and it's in her. She's living that life of mm. the Barbie doll. Yes. And then going, oh no, there's a real world. Yes. And now she's real Barbie she in gets the real sort world. Of, yeah, it's almost like the opposite of the Matrix. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. Because <laughs> the, what's her face? For, um, Kate McKenna, yeah. whatever mm. her name is, almost so, plays yeah, this like yeah. oracle that seems to have appeared. So yeah. You've got these two options. Yes. You can remain in this. Actually, it is Matrix. You can remain in this sort fantasy of world. fantasy or you can see the real world. She's like, I'll stay in the fantasy. And she's like, yeah. no, 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 you don't get this. You've got to go into the real world, which is really interesting. And then other thought, the part of the trailer that I thought was funny was they were doing some dance sequence and then she goes like, do you guys ever think about death? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it breaks the world down. So she's obviously getting a sense that her world is fake or wrong and then she's got to go into the real world. Yeah. And is, like the tagline in the trailer is, if you hate Barbie, watch this movie. Yeah. Right? We are. It says so like if you love Barbie, watch this movie. Yes. If you hate Barbie, watch, watch this, this movie. movie. Yeah. So they they also once again are, are understanding what kind of audience and what kind they preempting. Yeah, because the fact that even, some people would go, well, this isn't my movie. Mm, yeah, like why would I watch a Barbie movie? Like because the internet is full of shit. There's even a thing where people are tr- like 
like inventing a rivalry between Oppenheimer and Barbie because they're releasing on the, on same, the same weekend. Same day, yeah, yeah, but they're so, so stupid. Such I remember, remarkably I remember different. Who said, it. Mm. said you can watch two movies in one yes. weekend, guys. Yeah, you know? or watch one the next weekend. Yeah, you know, it's Calm bizarre. Down. It's so the, dumb. The, it's the, so dumb. Yeah, no, I don't even, I don't even feel that or yes. see it. Um, but over on Oppenheimer, mm. they also are releasing this behind-the-scenes footage, mm-hmm. so people can get excited. Because uh, Chris uh, Nolan's also about the practical stuff. Yeah. Right. So, so once again, it's about proving what they are doing in camera is real yeah. to get you excited about the movie. And for those who don't know, Oppenheimer is all about the atomic bomb yeah. and the guys who created the atomic bomb, probably in World War Two, right? That yeah, was just when it first, World War II, yeah. first happened. The Manhattan Project. That's actually on the list. We just got the first trailer for that a couple of weeks ago. For what's that now? It was the first oh, theatrical trailer, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they fucking sorry. I keep swearing. They set off an actual atomic bomb. Well, I don't know if it's an actual atomic bomb, but they're recreating the first atomic bomb practically. They are setting off a bomb. Yes, a really. B- I don't think it's nuclear. But yeah. It's a big ass fucking bomb. Yeah, they're just yeah setting off something that so will I'm recreate sure. the explosion. What's the, what's, the, what's the measurement? The mega tonnage or something of, of yeah. an atomic bomb? So like on YouTube like is the they... footage of them setting this thing off. Really? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that. There's a whole thing about them saying we are practically doing the bomb. Yeah. And you can like. watch them like plan and it's all out in like Nevada. Oh, wow. Weird fact, mm. which I believe to be true, but this could be fact-checked. Yeah. Apparently, the Americans gave warning, obviously. We know that they gave warning to Japan, mm. where they were like, we have a bomb. And Japan was like, fuck you. <laughs> and they were like, we're going to drop the bomb. And they still were like, fuck you. <laughs> then they set it off. Okay. Mm. Then they were like, we can do this again. And Japan still yeah. resisted. And they were like, we are going to do it again. Mm. So they like let them know. And well, they you, still resisted. If it's you have hectic. time, there's a YouTuber named Sean. His channel is literally just Sean. And he does like long form documentaries. He How did do you spell Sean? S-H-A-U-N. Mm-hmm. The correct way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you went there. <laughs> but he did a whole it's video. That's like, you have an opinion on That's this? like two hours long. That's all about like that situation about the, like the complexities of bombing of dropping the nuclear bombs and it goes like the history of yeah it. it's a great we, video. Our first tour to Japan, we went to Hiroshima, mm-hmm. and I don't know whether it was like because it was week two and we'd really been in Australia and maybe we were tired, mm. but I literally like as I walked towards this lo- this one building, this bombed building that they've left, I just started crying. Mm. Really, it was just like yeah. either the exhaustion like, oh my of the God. tour, hey, it's just or it's just. It was just so realize what you're standing yeah, on. Yeah, right. And then there's like a peace park, and they make it very clear. They're like, because I think based on what I just said a minute ago, like, I think they understand what happened to a sense where it's it's not about hate for America. It's about like, okay, we must just have peace in this world. Yeah, <laughs> like, devastation. It's all about right? peace, and like, you know, it was almost like you sort of get it. Um, there wasn't a vengeful hatred or whatever. It's like it's it's very much about peace and harmony. Two hundred thousand people died in um, ten seconds. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. No, that's insane. We went from movie okay. trailers to talking about okay. this. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Philosophy of nuclear weaponry. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Well, one of the movie the movies we spoke about a lot when we first started this was Death on the Nile. Uh, so the okay. follow up to that, we just got a trailer for a haunting in Venice. Yeah, okay. they're going like full horror movie with this thing. Really, it looks, it looks it, like yeah, it looks really, really scary. Really cool. Kind of, I'm 
I know I'll watch it. Yeah, exactly. It's a, mo- it's a movie I watched but with it, my mom. It Agatha Christie, like, literally you know. looks better than the okay, previous one. Okay, because the previous yeah. one was dreadful. Exactly, yeah. Sorry. It looks Ball way makers. more like a movie. Yeah, the, the, the so this is Kenneth Branagh yes. doing Agatha Christie, famous Agatha Christie novels. Her- Hercule Poirot. Yes. Playing Poirot. Poirot. But he made like very good looking movies, the first two. Like they were super stylized, gorgeous looking. Yeah, I think, yeah, like maybe there was the first one, there was perhaps the even second. perhaps even too much attention on it, just looking so sexy. I remember the green screen work on the second was a bit. Yeah, the second one because originally they were supposed to shoot on location. They were actually oh, going to go to the Nile, but because of lockdowns. They oh, uh, was, right. there no, was there no screen. Egypt involved? That yeah. that, that makes, makes sense. sense. So what they sense. did was they then shot it on green screen and stuff, and then deliberately tried to make it look sort of like the movies of its period. Yeah. So the kind of movies that shot with like giant matte paintings and that sort of thing in the background. Right. They were trying to like recreate that look, but like digitally. I think they were successful in that because okay. it, it looked cool in that regard, okay. but it also looked a bit fake in that regard. Yes. Yeah. So knowing that, I think I would have liked it a bit more. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't watched either I think of them, so, so I'll do like, that before this one. It's interesting when you know the rationale behind what the filmmakers are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to not just have the reaction like I obviously did, where I was just like, that is terrible green screen work. But yeah. I, love, you know? I love largely how the world who knows those Agatha Christie stories have very largely kept them a secret. Oh, right. Do you know They're what like I mean? Like, spoilers. Like people know if you've watched Murder on the Orient Express you know there is like some crazy reveal. Mm. Yes. You know what makes it special, but you also don't tell people. So it's like, yeah. it's cool that people have very largely kept that secret. Same yes. as the mousetrap. Like everybody knows, well, not everybody, but I mean, <laughs> it's one of the longest running plays in the West End. Oh, yes. It will never end. Mm. And there is a reveal. Someone mm. is the killer, but the world has quite largely kept it that is beautiful it is nice yeah, like the like world bloody Spider-Man far, what, <laughs> far from home where it's like oh the other two Spider-Man yeah. are coming back and you're like fuck don't tell me that yes. yeah. you know <laughs> it's a difference in culture right yeah. um, but those are cool movies um, it's cool that Kenneth Branagh is having this, this one, moment to serialize mm, this one, direct this one does look significantly creepier yeah well the whole thing I think the basic plot is someone dies during a seance and, and people think like oh the go- a ghost did it or whatever and they're like leaning into like the horror vibe and everything. So I assume they're going to try and convince you that it's a ghost. But at the end, it's going to be like, oh, it was mirrors and a magnet or something. Yes. <laughs> you exactly. know, it was all pretend. Okay. What else? But it looks awesome. cool. Uh, we got a trailer for Meg 2. Oh, the fuck trench. Yeah. What, was that the one that released a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that looks glorious. Fun yeah. fact The Meg, the first one. Yeah was the first movie that I watched with Cole. Yeah. yeah. So I like think. the first time we hung out by ourselves. Well, yeah. So a little... We just like, hey, I want to go watch this movie. Do you want to go with me? <laughs> a little uh, a little backstory on the bromance. You reached out <laughs> to me um, because we'd been doing some stuff. I I had... I was doing the Late Night Arcade. Yes. Which was my um, concept that I that involved your guys. Mm-hmm. You, you guys... Our former place of work. Yeah. You guys used to yes. work for um, New Reality. They... Long story, but basically got to know you guys because we were doing an event there. Then you reached out to me for some concept or some thought around cinema. I forget. We met for a coffee or something. And I was like, you're cool. Yeah. (laughs) You're a cool dude. And you clearly know your cinema. Clearly know movies. And then I I made a comment to you, which was like, if you ever need someone to watch a movie with you, like I could be your movie buddy. (laughs) Do you remember that? I do remember that completely. And so then we started like, kind of having these like movie dates 
Yeah, it was awesome. Which was, was cool kind of for like me. The, because I, I remember it was the kind of movie you couldn't go watch right yeah. with your partner, right? Yeah. No, it's kind of thing you watch. wanted to watch, but she wouldn't be interested. Yeah. Mm. And, and in all honesty, and I've spoken about this before, it was just at a point where the band life was cooling down a little. Like, I think mm. we'd taken the break, perhaps... Or just life, we'd started making decisions where like our whole weekends weren't going to be ruled or dictated by the schedule of the band. And I found myself with um, not a lot of close friends. Like I knew sure. lots of people, mm. but I was like, I need to like Paul Rudd in I Love You Man. <laughs> like I need to like actually get some guy friends in my life. Well, mm. just friends. Yes. It, it, it had nothing to do with gender. Um, but... And then I was like, you're cool. And so we became, we became movie buddies. Movie and the first movie we watched was The Meg. And it was such a like funny movie yeah. because it doesn't take itself too seriously. Giant shark. Yeah. But it still is well made that it's not Sharknado. Um, and we had a ball of a time. And I also realized you talk a lot in movies. Oh, yeah. And Sorry. I was like, I don't know whether I like that. And I was like, you know what? I like that. Because <laughs> yeah. then you and I could lean over to each other and like make funny comments to each other. <laughs> and it sort of amplifies the fun yeah. of the movie. Yeah, Especially exactly. when it's a fun movie. Yeah, exactly. Speaking yeah. of not fun movies, but fucking amazing movies. Sorry to segue. And we can come back to trailers. Um, a Good Person is a movie that is on box office. Okay. A Good Person is the new written and directed by Zach Braff. Mm -hmm. okay. So, of Scrubs. Yes. And um, he Was then he made his... Zach Braff and Justin Long for some reason. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I I'm, mean, Justin Long's ridiculous. He's dodgeball and silly stuff. Yes, exactly. Zach Braff has some seriousness to him. Yes. Okay. Because that's what, that was the magic of Scrubs, the TV show, is that he could be ridiculous and then he and then understood to the how to just put the dagger through your heart. <laughs> and Garden State was his directorial debut. Yeah. And it was... You haven't seen it? No. Okay. It is... It's such, an, such a magical movie. Okay. And it's really... It's set a bar. It's set a tone that um, just made it like a sort of an, an indie darling. Does that make sense? Like a sort yes, of sleeper yeah. hit. It was the kind of movie that kind of came out of nowhere and just won over people. It's very endearing. At the core of it is a, is a relationship between Zach Braff, so he plays himself, and Natalie Portman, who's a very like kooky but lovable character. And it's all about loss and his, his mom dies and um, him finding himself and, and just... Yeah, like kind of getting a sense of purpose of life. It's coming of age. Um, and he's made a bunch of other stuff, but A Good Person is his latest film. It has Morgan Freeman in it. It has Florence Pugh in it. Oh. And Florence Pugh is so good in mm. this movie. Like, she, it could be like... She's crushing it. It could be Oscar stuff for her. Really? It could so? really be Oscar stuff for her. She... Um, she was already nominated for Little Women, wasn't she? Or Ooh, I don't I remember. remember who was nominated in that. So the basic back of the box of a good person. She should have been nominated for Midsummer. Sorry, uh, but mm. yes. Back of the box of a good person is um, she is in a car with her uh, future sister-in-law and her husband. The, the sister-in-law's husband. And they're going to try on wedding dresses. She's about to get married okay. to a dude. And she gets in a car accident and they die. The, the, the future sister-in-law and, and the future sister-in-law's sister husband. 
Okay, so there, there's this trauma of the fact that she survived, but this other family didn't. Mm. Sure. And um, she basically is a is, becomes addicted to um, opiates. Right. To help initially help her pain, but mm. then becomes addicted and goes into rehab. And in rehab is Morgan Freeman, who is her boyfriend, her ex, the, the man she was going to marry. Ex-fiance's husband. I mean, ex-fiance's dad. Right. Okay. And they form a relationship. Wow. It's, it's so good. And just the way she acts through sort of so convincingly showing you what it's like to be an addict and how she recovers hmm. and, f- and oh, oh, it's a good movie. <laughs> oh, it's good. A good person. Okay. That it's definitely, definitely piece. worth your time. Yeah, yeah. Um, she just had an interview where she said that the indie directors that she worked with got really annoyed when she went over to Marvel for Black Widow. Oh. They're like, oh, now she's gone. Now she's going to make it. And she won't, we won't be able to get her right. for these indie movies. Just <laughs> a shit thing to say. Yeah. It's kind of like, go she be successful. She Black Widow. Yes. Mm. What she the plays s- um, Scar Joe's sister. Oh, I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah. It's just, it's I never watched Black Widow. Yeah, you don't have to. Okay. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Sorry. Were there any other trailers? Um, okay. Did you guys see a trailer for a movie called The Creator? No. Oh. Get this. Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards' new film. We're getting an original sci-fi movie in 2023. When was the last <laughs> time that happened? <laughs> oh, my God. Like District 9, maybe, was like the last original sci-fi movie, and it didn't make any money, so everyone went, oh, we're not doing that again. Didn't it do well? It did well. It didn't do that well. Okay. It made like $100 million. But it was number one. Like more occult at the time. Okay, no, okay, never mind. But uh, w- because all the others are, are Marvel movies. Yeah, like every other and like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Dune is an adaptation. Yeah, every, everything every is an other adaptation. sci-fi fantasy sort of thing is just okay. an adaptation of something. Okay, you know. So the creator. Oh, is that the Lanthimos movie? No, no, no. So Gareth Edwards, Gareth. the director of the, the Godzilla reboots of twenty fifteen. Yeah, he did Godzilla. Rogue One. Yeah. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah, so it's his new film, and it's like sort of a future. The world is at war with AI. That okay. sort of Topical. thing. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Okay. I've seen the trailer. John David Washington. David, wait, what's his name? Denzel's son. Denzel's son. Oh, no. Sorry. Really? I should, yeah, I don't, I don't buy into his acting ever. I think he's fantastic. In Tenet and in the David O. Russell film with Christian Bale. Uh, yeah, Disney I skipped Plus. that one. Everybody said it was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. He was good in Black Klansman. He was uh, good in Black Klansman, but even then, I was kind of just like, I don't think you're an actor for me. Like, just one of those people. That, like, you can't you explain to, it. We just don't. Tenet is a movie you need to watch like three or four times. Yeah, I know. I'm giving it like five years. You need in to watch. So there's a guy. Movie. The guy who directs, not directs, edits. One of the editors for the Weekly Planet. It's another podcast we've spoken about. Yeah. He did a video about Tenet. His name's Ben. Okay. He has a channel called Ben from Canada. Um, he did a video all about Tenet. You must watch that and then watch Tenet again. Okay, that's fantastic. I'll try it. Because yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Okay. And it was just like we'll talk about it at great. some point because that's a whole other tangent. Okay. But yeah, let's, it is. Let's talk okay, about so that. the creator's so, coming. Cool trailer. Looks promising. Cool sci-fi. Yeah, it could be nice. good. Again, original sci-fi. It's like we just don't get them anymore. Um, like four or five years too late, they're making a Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Oh, yeah. What that's is that? way past it. Past it's a, it's a, a survival horror game. Well, survival's way. A strong word. <laughs> Wait, so it was. It's a game. It's, it's a, yeah, it's like a, a game PlayStation that was like game because it was so scary. Five like, Nights at Freddy's. So the basic thing is okay. This was like 
maybe even like 10 years ago now, yeah, it was really popular with um, like people who played games on YouTube and that sort of thing. Okay. And it was a whole, there were like four or five of them. It, they were all made by one dude. Super basic thing where it's the basic premise is you're the security guard at one of those, you know, those like American restaurants, those like children's restaurants where they have like animatronics. Yeah. Like Chuck E. Cheese sort of thing. Yeah. But at night they come to laugh and try to kill you. Oh, cool. And you're yeah. the security guard. Yeah. But it was like a YouTube so, game. Well, it was, it was very popular. It, was it, popular with it gained popularity through through YouTube, and okay. for a while it was massive. Like, they I've never heard of it. Yeah, everyone was making it. Yeah, didn't they just make a movie about the same kind of premise with Nick Cage? Very similar premise. Yeah. Okay. Like a year I, or two I don't ago. What it was called, but okay. somehow that came we'll out check before that this. The cash up. But again, I think that's like past its prime, so I think they're a bit late on that one. Okay. Uh, what else do we have? That's basically it. Cool. Well, there good, was a trailer for Haunted Mansion, but like, who cares? Yeah, that's the reboot. Yeah, it was originally another... the. It was originally an Eddie Murphy movie. Well, it was originally a ride at Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. Like parts of the Caribbean, and then oh, parts yeah. of the Caribbean was massive. So they thought Disney thought, let's try this again. Made a movie with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, it didn't do well. Now they're trying again. It does look better. The trailer's not terrible. I went on the ride that was that used to be the Haunted Mansion ride. Okay. They they turned it into a Nightmare on Elm not Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh. Oh. But it used to be the Haunted Mansion ride mm. in Disneyland. Oh, so they've closed the ride. Now they're releasing a movie about the ride. Oh, this was a long time ago. Maybe mm. it's changed. Maybe oh, they've brought it back now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's so many Disney parks now. It's probably at one of... One of the many. Yeah. Okay, boys. Yeah, this was nice. It was a like chat. It was a nice day at the, at the office. Mm. A nice day at work. Yeah. Um, and, um, and yeah, we'll see you guys again soon. Yeah. yeah. Lots hey? of stuff to see look forward tomorrow. to. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>